this is the title. This is what I'm going to live up to. This is what my chapters will be building towards. So you write the title first and then crystal clear, you know exactly where this baby's going. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live, my answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness, and each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time to go live for a Monday morning tune-up. This week's topic is writing for fun and profit. Writing for fun and profit. That's what this whole week's about. Post your questions below. Um, I teased that this might be the topic for the week on Friday, and there was a lot of uh, confirmation from you all that this is something you wanted to dive into. I'm going to cover a little bit of everything this week on writing um, based on what I know you would like me to share about being published, about being self-published. Do you need an agent? Uh, foreign rights? Um, what to write? When to write? How to get your ideas? What the process is? All of that's on tap this week. But most importantly, I do want your questions below. So on Facebook or Instagram, if you have a question that is somewhat universal, that can answer, can be answered and help many people at one time, please post below. So the first thing I want to tell you about creative writing and writing for fun or profit. Um, it's in you. You can do it. There are overnight successes every day of the week. Now with self-publishing and digital publishing, it could not be easier, uh, nor an easier market to get into. Uh, you don't have to print 2,000 books like back in the day when I started and then sit on them in your garage. Um, you don't have to peddle those books from store to store to store like Wayne Dyer so famously did as he started his writing career. If you have that feeling, and I know it well, had it my whole life, that there was a book inside of me, then I can tell you for sure there's a book inside of you. And when you write it, there will be people who want to read it. Just know this to the depth of your being. One of the many guidelines I'm going to offer this week, however, is pertaining to motivation. I think there's three reasons to write. Okay, either you do it for yourself and it's therapy, go for it, okay? Uh, or if you want to write for other people, uh, the challenge of it, the artistry of it in being useful, being of service, then that means you either have something to say or a story to tell. So either you're doing it from, for self-healing, go for it, um, or, and this is what the week is about, uh, you have something to say or a story to tell. And if you've got something to say or a story to tell, this is what people want from you. As far as your own therapy, well, that might even be marketable, uh, but that's another thing for some other day. So please don't be motivated for getting your stuff out there solely by money. Okay, I, I know too well 
that uh, that feeling one has. Not only is there a book inside of me, but I'd like to quit my job and move out of town and find a log cabin and and f you to the world. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be a bestseller. And I'm going to live happily ever after. And if that's where you're coming from, there, there's some other underlying issues that need to be resolved. Okay, if you have a runaway dream, whether or not it's to be a writer or somehow escape an escapism dream, there's some underlying issues because life is beautiful and you are powerful and you can live on your own terms and there's no need nor reason to go be a hermit in the woods um, for, for avoiding... Uh, responsibility or these other underlying issues. So it's perfectly all right if you want to say something, you've got something to say and a story to tell and become rich as heck. Okay. Nothing unspiritual about that. Let your motivation be in part about finance. That's okay. But it shouldn't just be about finance. And if you're being led because of financial reasons and you don't really have something to say, but you can make something up, or you don't really have a story, but you can make something up, don't, don't go there. Go do something else. Maybe you're better with people. Maybe you're better with animals. Maybe there's other ways you can express your creativity. Um, so this week is mostly for those folks who have something to say or a story to tell. It could be a, a real life story. It could be an autobiography. Uh, uh, it could be pure fiction. It could be for kids. could be for adults. But you just have this yearning. For me, I have always felt like I had something to say. And it was pertaining to the nature of reality, who we are, how we got here, what we can do with our time and space. And for the first part of my life, I was answering those questions or finding answers to those questions. So I wasn't really ready to write. And this leads me to one of the Second points I wanted to make for you all, for you all, there can be a tendency to know it's possible. You got something to say, you got a story to tell, something you survived, something you survived to help other people survive. And you're just like ready to go. Well, I can tell you, number one, you don't want to rush it. And number two, you don't want to delay. And you're going to understand what I'm talking about in just a minute. I was so eager to write my book and sometimes to run away uh, that I would, you know, sit down on a weekend or one time for a whole summer in my early 30s and just wrote and wrote and wrote. And I got to tell you, being honest with myself, and this is of paramount importance to all of us, it sucked. It was really bad. It was like I just couldn't hold that thought long enough to connect dots, to, to make points, to parlay all these piecemeal thoughts into one fluid book. Um, and it took a whole summer, every single weekend, no beach, no fun. Um, and I, and I ended up really hating writing I, and I simply wasn't ready and that's okay. That doesn't mean you won't eventually be ready. That just means that certain things are settling in your mind and it's just not time right now. How do you know? Because you tried. Okay. On the other end of the coin, I, I put down the pen and put away my keyboard and I still talked a lot about writing a book one day. And, and finally, my sister, dearest heart in the world, um, said, Mike, you've been talking about that book for 15 years now. You better write that book. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I better, I better. And it's like, okay, this is it. 
this is really it. And that's when you, you go and then you find you've got some traction. You've matured enough. And I could have waited a little longer and just told everybody the story I'm going to write one day. We each have it within us to, to know the truth about who we are, where we are, what we can do with our time and space, and when. And if you write and it sucks, you know the truth. And if you're putting it off because it was too solitary and you're just not ready to bite into it, then, then you know that you're doing that. And it's time to just batten down the hatches and do it. The only way to know where you are in that scheme of things is to start writing. And either you hit a roadblock or it's like, hey, this is going somewhere. So now what I want to do is share with you a few ideas on how to get some traction if you are starting to feel like, you know, this is it. This is my time. I'm going to start doing it. If you want to write nonfiction, which is primarily what I've done with a few little exceptions, two kids books and uh, a one adult book would be categorized as fiction. If you want to write nonfiction, the game plan I have for you that has worked like a charm for me is you start with the title. The title. What does this book have to live up to? That title is going to be all important. And here's your assignment. I want you to write down 50, five zero possible titles. You know the genre. You know what, how you want to help people. You know what you want to speak to. What would be some good possible titles? And then I want you to write down 50 subtitles because the nonfiction books typically have a subtitle. You don't have to have one. But it's very handy and people want to know what they're going to get themselves into. Unlike fiction books, which, you know, have the craziest titles and you have no idea what it is. Nonfiction, go there. Tell people what's in it for them. A great title and a subtitle that explains it all in a very exciting, compelling, empowering way. By the time you write your fifth, and if you already have a title, do this exercise anyway. And make sure you get a title when you, that you're like, Oh, damn, that's good. You know, and then you share it with other people and they're like, you're going to write that? You can, Come on, you're not a writer. You want to blow their minds with the damn title. Just do the title. 50 titles, 50 subtitles, and then pick which ones go best with the other. Rank them, share them more with your friends and family. This is really important. Why? Because when it comes to any manifestation... In these sacred jungles of time and space, thoughts become things. You are to begin with the end in mind. The end result. What's the end result? It's that title. This is the title. This is what I'm going to live up to. This is what my chapters will be building towards. So you write the title first and then crystal clear, you know exactly where this baby's going. Then, you know, after you've done that whole thing, it might take days or it might take weeks. It's worth it. And you can always change the title and tweak it later on or start over with the title if you really felt the call to it. But after you come up with the title, I want you to come up with the chapters that you need in a book that must live up to that title. Okay, And I came up with Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams. I got to talk about Thoughts Become Things. That was chapter one. I got to talk about The Power of Beliefs. I got to talk about emotions and intuition. I got to talk about taking action. I got to talk about 
other people and can you manipulate them? How do you work it in relationships, blah, blah, blah. I got to talk about uh, a loving universe, the magical universe. So what, and that's how I came up with the titles for infinite possibilities. I, I had to begin with the end. The end always forces the details. The end told me what chapters I needed. And then logically, you're going to have to outline each chapter. If you're going to have a chapter called Thoughts Become Things, what building blocks do you need? And you start mapping it all out, either with longhand and a pen or a computer. People ask all the time, I use a computer. I never use longhand. I know that my mom only used longhand. I know it works different for different people. There's so much leeway and latitude. You can do it your own way. You can do a poster board. You can draw pictures. Um, there's lots there. Okay, I want you to always feel the joy in the project. Okay, and if you're feeling so much pressure that like there's no joy, it's probably you and how you're choosing to see the assignment. Now, I know sometimes life puts uh, pressure on us and there's a deadline and you're out of money and you need to get a new landlord and you got to write this book. But writing a book is a long haul. Okay, even if it's a short book, even if it's a kid's book, you're not going to write it in a month and get paid in two months. Okay, it's going to be, it's going to be a major project. So in the meantime, as I shared last week for entrepreneurs, get a day job. Many of you replied, I don't have a day job. How can I keep my day job? Because that was my advice last week. Do what you can to get a day job. Do what you can to make some money. Do what you can as a contractor. Do what you can with what you've got from where you are. We all have to deal with that. And at different points in our lives, it's more difficult for some than others. But you keep trying. You keep at it. What I'm saying is do not put your entire life on hold so that you can write this book. Okay? That's a non-working formula. Your book will come along, come along better if the rest of your life, to the degree manageable, is already balanced, you already have income, you're already provided for, uh, and or you're already working. Uh, there is no shame in having a day job and writing in the evenings, uh, writing on the weekends. That was how I started uh, all of my projects. Uh, so, and when I became a writer, I still had all these other projects. Uh, speaking and events and travel. And it's the, the best thing you could do for yourself as a writer, in my limited experience, is to have other stuff going on at the same time. Uh, work, uh, entrepreneurialism, uh, a social life, that will feed you and nourish you so that you don't become this, this hermit um, who's cut off from the world in the name of writing a book and saving humanity while you wither and fade away. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, welcome to another week of spiritual tune-ups. This is day two of our dive into writing to be published. Writing to be published either by an independent publisher or to be self-published, which is the route that I initially took. Ain't no shame there, baby. All right, so I've got a lot of great questions and more to come all week long on you becoming the writer that's within you. Okay, first question today. Mike, why does my mind go blank when I sit down to write? Clearly, the biggest overwhelm factor 
in becoming a writer is the daunting realization that, that you need to extract an entire book out of yourself. And most books are probably 50,000 words, 40,000 words, 100,000 words. By the way, books are measured by words. So don't go tell somebody how many pages your book is. I mean, is the font, you know, 20 or 25 so that you could bulk it up? I used to do that. Is it double or triple spaced with huge fonts? So it's word count. Most nonfiction books are around 40 or 50,000 words. Um, fiction books can be 10,000 words, 5,000 words, 500,000 words. There's no rule for either, but those are rules of thumb. That's just kind of an idea. So you're sitting down and you want to write the book and it is understandable that you are paralyzed with overwhelm when it comes to, to such a monumental project. Even experienced writers who dedicate their entire career to writing can take five years or 10 years to write one book. It's totally overwhelming. So here's what I highly recommend and it ties into the to some of the questions that are about to follow this morning. You don't sit down and write a book, okay, clearly. Um, you break it into a lot of little sections. Okay, we did that little exercise yesterday, title, subtitle, chapters. That's a fun little exercise and you could spread that out over a week. But more, what I want you to realize, if you're a nonfiction writer to be, realize your goal is not so much a book. Your goal is to help other people. You know, if you meet the criteria I laid out yesterday, and this is not just about writing for your own therapy or your own sheer enjoyment. If you want to write a book, by definition, it's something that you want published and that other people are going to pick up and read. Okay. And that means you're a teacher. If you're into nonfiction, you're a teacher. And there's a lot of ways to be a teacher other than the written word. And so what I would highly recommend is that this thing that you want to teach, this thing that you have to say to the world, you start experimenting and searching for ways to share it other than the written word. And or there's various different ways within the world of written writing that you could be a teacher through articles, essays. Um, uh, you could be a teacher of self-improvement and convey your story through a story of fiction. It can be, you know, um, you know an example, Richard Bach, uh, Illusions, um, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, many great teachers, Ayn Rand, The Fountainhead, and Atlas Shrugged have these philosophical point of views that they want to relay to the world, and they do that through the mechanism of storytelling. Wow, talk about a double entendre. So anyway, recognize that you're a teacher and there's a lot of ways to teach in, from writing a story, fiction, nonfiction, article, essay, some kind of submission, or you're not going to like this one, speaking. One of the things you're going to find that's invaluable to you as an author, whether somebody publishes you or yourself published is having what these days is called a platform. And it's so easy to do a platform with the internet, okay? Compared to even 20 years ago, there was like no such thing. But 
If you have something to share and teach about the beauty of life, about the art of cooking or whatever it may be, there are people who gather, and if it's coronavirus, okay, then gather on the internet through meetup groups and the like, and they always, always, always are looking for guest speakers. If you're afraid of speaking in public, join Toastmasters. You can do that online as well. That's how I got my start as a terrified public speaker joining Toastmasters. I was a member for many, many years. And you begin practicing and developing your craft, which is teaching, which is teaching more than writing in this alternative way through the spoken word. And then guess what? They dovetail together so beautifully. A speaker will very often have a book. Authors very often give talks. And if you can start working this angle now, to answer the original question, why does my mind go blank? Because you're trying to move a mountain and you've never even shoveled dirt before. So you can start shoveling dirt by writing a little article, a little story, a little poem, a little speech, and start giving it. And then as you work your way through the nerves, you're going to have some confidence. You're going to have a good time. You're going to learn how to get the audience wrapped around your finger. And they're going to want more. They're going to want your book. They're going to want to hire you. They're going to want you to speak at their event, their club, to their group. I've even been hired in the beginning to speak to families. <laughs> that was so wild. Uh, you know, the, an extended family gathering of 30 people over Thanksgiving has a guest speaker, Mike Tooley. I love those folks. I doubt they're watching now, but love you, love you. Thanks for that opportunity 20 years ago. So don't don't be just facing the mountain all alone. It's time to write a book and it's going to take five years. Nobody could write under that kind of a pressure. Dibble, dabble, play around, write, speak, exercise, join Toastmasters. At Toastmasters, you can give four or five minute speeches. And boy, do you get, I became a better writer by learning how to craft a speech. So to answer the question, to avoid your mind going blank, don't try to do it all. Break it into pieces, piece here, piece there, a piece for your website, a blog, a video blog. Do all of these different things and let it parlay into one massive symphony that is you delivering what is inside of you to deliver. Now, if you're not into self-improvement, and what I mean, if you're not into nonfiction and you want to write fiction, that does change the landscape a little bit. But still, too often the person who wants to be a writer, as I alluded yesterday, wants to do so, to hit it big, make a million dollars, and to say F you to the rest of the world. Okay, now I'm going to go do my thing, and I showed you I'm really somebody, and that's, that's a bad place to be. Look, if you really want to write fiction, um, Generally, that means there's an entertainer or a storyteller inside of you. And that storyteller is not going to be happy with one book. Now, I know one book is bad enough. Now you got to think about writing two or three. But if you are really a storyteller, and this, just, this isn't just about you know, hit and run and make a million dollars, then cultivate and hold hands with that little storyteller inside of yourself. You know, nurture her or him. Tell a little story. Tell a big story. Write a kid's book. 
write a three-page story, write a 10-page story. If you're a writer, if you're a storyteller, then do it. Not just all or nothing, baby, which is going to psych you out and leave you with a blank page. I've always thought it would be really cool, given the, the, the craft, the astonishing craft and creativity involved in telling a good story that really hooks somebody in the very beginning. Oh my God. And then takes them to the cliff and shows them there's no hope. And then in the page, the sun rises and you make it home. King or queen victorious amongst the masses. That's what a, a fictional storyteller is. So can you do that in five pages? I bet you can. I bet you can. And do it again. Do it again. And you're going to hone that skill. And then you're going to feel less intimidated by writing the book. And it won't be just the book. It'll be one of many works. So this is much more psychology, if you will. Uh, and getting away from the nuts and bolts of how do I write a book. It's like, look, you're more than a book. And, and there's more ways to convey a story or a, a lesson than just a book. So see the whole thing, including yourself, in your full radiant light. Uh, and then no one part becomes so overwhelming. Um, to be published by another or to be self-published? Okay, let's just say the obvious. Everyone would prefer to be published by somebody else, okay? They're going to give you an advance. They're going to give you cash, usually before you even finish writing the book. Um, they're going to promote you. They're going to publicize you. They're going to take a chance on you. Um, they're going to do all of the heavy lifting. Everybody wants that. Well, the, the publishing industry, if you haven't noticed, is, is on a trajectory like this right now. Okay, they're all going bankrupt. People don't buy books. Now they're buying ebooks. It's a whole different world, which doesn't mean you can't do it. Uh, people are doing it. Look at Rupi Carr, the poet. Okay, she showed up from nowhere five years ago, 10 years ago, and as a college student, 21, wrote a book of poetry, amazing, amazing poetry, and has sold millions and millions and millions of copies. So you can do it. I'm not telling you you can't do it. But it's about, it's about, being real and being authentic and being the full picture of either a storyteller or a teacher. Uh, and then definitely, definitely everyone watching with a book inside of you should pursue uh, finding an independent publisher. But don't hold up the train just for that to piece of the puzzle to fall in place. Continue moving forward, dabbling, experimenting, speaking, all of these things while, and writing the book, while you explore finding an agent, you explore finding an editor, you explore finding a publisher. Uh, I did that, exactly. And every single publisher, including ones I really love today, um, said, no, 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 thank you. Thank you very much, but no, no way. But at least I didn't put everything on hold for their yes, because we wouldn't be having this conversation uh, today. So by all means, pursue a publisher. How? Uh, Google it. Um, look at the writer's market. There's a lot of resources out there. How do you find an agent? I don't even know. I never even had an agent. I'll give you more of my story as the week unfolds. So yes, pursue getting a publisher through all the conventional means, including just sending them your manuscript or a book summary um, by email or or snail mail. Uh, I'm not a publisher, so please don't send me your manuscript. Uh, I, I, I don't have the time to even look at it, 
much less give you direction on it. But there are publishers out there, and that's what they do. Google them, find out their submission procedures while simultaneously moving forward. And tomorrow we'll talk more about self-publishing. I've got a lot of other great questions on the back burner already submitted by all of you for uh, the days ahead in this week where I turn my spiritual tune-ups into how to, how to write, speak, and be published. Jumbo fellow adventurers, time for a spiritual tune-up. This week's theme is writing, writing for fun and profit. Today's question, it's time to monetize. Okay, you've been doing it for free for way too long, uh, and now it's time to make a buck. You deserve it. There's nothing unspiritual about wealth and abundance. All right, I would first recommend that you not try too hard to make writing the vehicle for abundance. Dream of abundance, dream of writing, see yourself living in both worlds joyfully. Don't make one how the other happens. So you can write, you can write part-time, you can write full-time if you can afford it, uh, and write because you love it, write the book you want to write, be authentic and true to yourself, don't make it the, the beast of burden that has to make you wealthy because then it becomes a cursed how. But that does not mean don't also aspire to wealth and abundance. And it does not mean that you can't also visualize that the world loves your work. Just don't make one how the other must happen because then you're writing under duress. It's no fun and it's not going to be very popular for other people to read. Nevertheless, let me tell you, I've made all these mistakes. Um, you can still make mistakes and succeed and thrive and love your life. Uh, a little bit of my story in the self-publishing arena where I left off on yesterday's talk. Nobody would publish my work. Nobody would publish my notes in the universe compilation. Nobody would publish the earlier, the time-space continuum, the name of a manuscript I slaved on, well, probably not a good word, uh, for many, many, many years, decades even, a little here and a little there. Um, and it just didn't come to pass. So then I got into sharing in more ways than just writing, as I suggested you do as well, by seeing yourself as more than a writer. And that meant creating a website for the nature of reality and its exploration, Touch Adventurers Club, 20 years ago, still at tut.com today. And part of Tut's Adventurous Club were little pages of inspiration, e-cards that had metaphysical truths, this was my bliss, and a daily email from Mike. And those daily emails were never very popular. But they led to notes from the universe many, many, many months later. And while they were never very popular, I enjoyed writing them. You know, actually, I hated writing them. But once I wrote them, I felt good about it. Many authors, including my mother, would often say, uh, I don't like writing, but I like having written. Lot of truth to that for me. The process can be hard. It's like getting water out of a rock. But when you succeed at the end of the day, whether it was a paragraph or a chapter that you wrote that you love, it's just like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. So I wrote these little emails and there were enough people that were grateful for them right from the beginning, 
emails from Mike that I stuck with it, even though some weeks I had more people unsubscribe than subscribe. All right. But because I did it and taking action breeds clarity. You're a teacher. You're a storyteller. Act on that, not just the book. Okay, send the book out. We talked about that yesterday. But be fulfilling the role. Fill the role of teacher, storyteller that, that embodies and includes you as a writer. And that meant this website and inspiration and daily emails. Taking action breeds clarity. I was then in a place to receive this idea of writing as the universe. And suddenly the same old wisdom that was not that crazy popular became crazy popular. Uh, and to this day, uh, the, the upward spiral continues. Um, there's about 3,000 notes from the universe written. I've written every one of them. Um, and they've made possible all else that I do. They created a platform. And here is what I stumbled into. By offering a free daily email. You got to do that. It's so easy. You could do a free daily cooking tips. You could do start out weekly. Uh, make it short. Nobody wants to read a long easing. But this is called platform building. And it's solid gold for a writer. Okay, this, is about, this is about you writing and monetizing it. But there's more to it than write a book and send it in the mail to some giant publisher and they send you a check for a million dollars. Okay. We're talking about 2020 uh, and we're talking about the modern world of writing, publishing, teaching, and storytelling. So I created a platform. How else do people create platforms? Because when you have a database of people who like your work, when you finally tell them, I've been writing a book all this time and I'm ready to start sharing it with you. They want to line, they will line up for it. I, I, my first major book launch, Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams, a major undertaking, uh, self-published as an audio program, sold all over the world at $130, $160 at the time. Put me on the map, self-published audio program. When it came out as a book, because I had a large database at the time. I told everybody and it debuted on the New York Times bestseller list simply because of the people who had been following me for by that time about nine years. Overnight success, baby. Over but there was a lot of other really exciting successes along the way. But this shows you what building a platform will do for you. So I want you to steer your ship now simultaneously to mailing off book proposals to the large publishing houses following their book submission guidelines on manuscript submission guidelines on their webpage. I want you to start moving towards self-publishing, having a website, um, having other offerings, including little speeches that you do maybe for free, ultimately for a fee at unity churches or boardrooms or high schools or anywhere that they will have you. Uh, living rooms of people who invite their friends over, like I shared yesterday. So my little story began with emails and a few manuscripts that were short and pretty unappealing that nobody would publish. And then one thing leads to another and somebody says, hey, I like what you're doing. Hey, do you want to collaborate? That's how I did Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams audio program. And the person who invited me to do it, as if by magic, backed out 
when it came time to create the work that I had already pre-sold to my platform. And so suddenly I've got my own project uh, because of the magic of the universe. Somebody got me over the hurdle and of my denials and resistance. And once I was there and selling it with that person was extracted from the equation. So I self published an audio program. Other things people do, I started to tell you, to create a platform. You, you can do what I'm doing right now. You can do live broadcasts once a week, once a month, once a day, twice a day on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You got to learn some of these modalities. You're already watching me. You're halfway there. It's not that hard. Just do some Googles and you'll find out where to buy a microphone and what kind of webcam to get. And they're all pretty cheap. You can do blogs. You can do video blogs, which is probably what this is. You can do, um, I've heard of people releasing one chapter of their book at a time over the internet until it was bound. Um, you can take donations. You know, that's not fun to do, but um, I've accepted donations in the past. Um, you could tell your people on Facebook or begin with your friends that you're going to be meeting once a week at a local Barnes and Noble with their permission or a local library with their permission or a local anywhere. Uh, I used to meet at bars. I would have people come and show up at bars and I would give a little talk. I don't think any more than two people ever showed up, plus my mom and my brother. So four people and me. But you know, I was experimenting, experimenting. I was a teacher. I had something to say. I'll tell you to you face to face. I'll tell it to you over the internet. I'll tell it to you through the written word. Just start doing stuff and Google, how do I publicize? How do I do this? Then when it comes to publishing, because of your free offerings, you're, you're compiling content that will later be used. You can then not only sell a self-published book, but you can do, as I just said, a self-published audio program, downloadable MP3. You can do online video courses. Um, you can do webinars. Uh, there's so many ways that you can share what you're born to share, share what lights you up or maybe tell a story or bring in a tangent. I mean, you could be a budding writer and you want to get published, but you love cooking. So you could start writing a cookbook and you could start attracting people with your recipes. And by the way, I'm working on a book. I mean, get creative. It's so within you. You have this dream. You have it for a reason to make it happen. Do not wait for the yellow brick road. Do not wait for somebody to invite you. The invitation I had for the joint venture that led to infinite possibilities was a year into me writing free emails every day and creating e-cards and learning how to build out a website with simple software. There's so many ways to get a one-page website probably for free. Um, WordPress, uh, GoDaddy, just Google it. Just Google anything and everything and then get going and start offering stuff and ask yourself every day, how else can I turn a buck on this? Ain't no shame. What else can I offer? What are other people doing? How else can I package it? How can I bundle it? Get this and I'll give you that too. Um, just put it all out there. It really, really is easy. I kind of call it guerrilla marketing. Just blaze a trail. Right now we're living in the wild, wild west of the internet. So marketing is being reinvented every day. Trailblazers are showing up and and, sh and leading the way. You could be that. I did that actually without knowing it 20 years ago, having a free website, uh, free email notes from the universe and an optional purchase for more. And 
It's by showing up every day and asking new questions that you draw to yourself these ideas and this clarity because you are more than your physical senses alone. You are wiser than just a hum the human being you know yourself to be. You tap into the divine source, the energy, the angels that are all around you. You, t you draw from your future self when you're in action ideas that they're trying to say, hey, do it this way. It's going to be a lot easier because you're in action and you're moving. So don't wait for the yellow brick road. Start doing it yourself. Uh, and to self-publish really quickly, like a book or an audio, I mean, I mean, they're all downloadable these days. You can do a Word document, save it as a PDF, and then you've got, that's an ebook. You can do audio recordings on your cell phone or direct into your computer. And then you have an MP3 that leads to an audio book or an audio program. Uh, you don't have to print 2,000 books like I did back in the day and hope that they sell. You do one at a time. They call it print on demand. And then when you found your niche and your groove and you've got, you, you find yourself every week ordering a couple of dozen to meet demand. If you're doing a book print on demand at Amazon or Ingram or other places, then you Google printers in the U.S. and or overseas and you start asking them for price quotes. And you're like, look, I've got, you know, 45,000 word book. I want to do this kind of binding. I want it on this size paper. I'm going to lay it out on these dimensions or tell me what dimensions would be the most economical to print a book. And then you can order a couple of thousand at a time and your costs just plummet to like a dollar, two or three dollars per book that you're selling for nine or 14 or $19. Okay, Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy Thursday. Time for a tune-up. This week's theme is for writers, writing for fun and profit. Today's topic is writing techniques. I'm gonna answer three questions that were specifically posed by you on technique, and then I'm gonna share um, my writing technique for the notes, for my books, for preparation and speeches and all else that I do. First question that you asked, Mike, how do we allow the ideas to bubble up into book form? Okay, whether you're a writer of fiction or nonfiction, my advice here would be the same. Start writing. Now, based on that question, I don't know if you had enough wherewithal to be able to do my earlier assignment, and that is come up with the title that your book is to live up to. And then from the title, the chapters, the chapters, the subtitles, the, uh, the parts of each chapter, um, that's going to get you started and that's going to draw ideas forward. Um, if you don't have the title, but you have a general idea or you, it sounds like you're writing some fiction, start writing in all manifestations, whether the written word, the spoken word, a million dollars, your travel partner, um, taking action breeds clarity. Just freaking start. Okay, I will tell you, I never have any idea of where a note from the universe is going to go or what it's going to say. I, I'll tell you my process in a minute, but basically once I do my little, you know, go within drill, 
which I will explain, I just start writing. And it's usually terrible. Uh, then I edit, I cut, I paste, I curse. Edit, cut, paste, curse. Write some more. Edit, cut, paste, curse. And then lo and behold, this could go with that and that could go over here. And oh, I could make this point and oh, wouldn't that be funny? Taking action breeds clarity. I, I think it's a rare writer who has the idea for the complete story before they sit down and start writing it. So that means without knowing what you're going to write, you have to sit down and start writing. And it will be really bad at first. And then it'll get really good. You just got to do it. Mike, poetry or poetic prose? How does one organize this? Well, apart from common sense, and I do have a book of poems. That was my very first self-published book. They were poems that went on a t-shirt. My brother did the, the design. I did the uh, poem. Uh, they sold in souvenir markets. They were pretty good. I have to tell you, we had quite a following. Uh, his art had a following and my little poems had a following. And when I self-published, uh, there was no need to organize as you're suggesting. I just put them together and a few that were similar, I put back to back so that people would be on the same thought. That's kind of logic, common sense. But here's what I've done for all of the books and audio programs everything that I have ever self-published. And I've self-published way more than I've been published. Uh, I have about 17 total books. Uh, and then there's audio courses, video courses, DVDs, and, and on and on and on. So anyway, I, I do have some experience. Um, what I do is I go to Barnes and Noble and or I go to Amazon or it doesn't matter where you go. And I actually touch and feel and go through the pages of books that are in the genre of what I want to write um, and that are eye-catching. Eye I look at the font. I measure the books. If it's Amazon, I, I, I just order the books. You know, Go order some of the best-selling books in the genre that you want to write for. I do a word count. You know, count one page, an average page, you know, not a page where a chapter starts or something, an average full page, and then thumb through the, pay, the book and you see how many pages there are, 216 pages, 142 words per page. Now you know the word count for that book. So look at, look at everything as a benchmark, as a possibility. Don't worry, you don't have to do what somebody else has done, but you're going to get an idea of, uh, how they put together prose and how they put together poetry and what the introduction was like and the conclusion was like and the chapter organization, the margins, the font, uh, whether it was a hardback, trade paperback. Look at all of that stuff. It's a small investment. And if you go to Barnes & Noble, you don't even have to buy the book. You can just look at them in the cafe and eat a donut and leave. Um, so definitely... If you're going to self-publish, don't ever even think of just doing it blindly, nor just trusting the organization you're going with. Make sure they know what they're doing. Make sure you see samples. Make sure you touch them in your hand. Um, and then you're going to have an idea of how to organize your material and even more importantly, how to present it aesthetically. Um, kids books. Please speak to kids books. Okay, I have two kids books. 
I did not follow the advice I'm about to give you. Uh, but they've both done okay because I have a large enough platform and they're pretty cute. Um, I would say that the one thing missing from most kids' books is uh, the realization that the author is talking to a kid. And they use words that I barely know the meaning of. And it's so infuriating and frustrating. It's like, what is wrong with you, author? Get a grip. Nobody uses that word anymore. You use it. You think everybody knows it? Just a little common sense. Speak the language of the age range that your book is intended for. <clears throat> You're not sure what age range? Go to Barnes & Noble and see what five-year-olds are reading. See what 10-year-olds are reading. See what you have and match it up to what the market's bearing. <clears throat> very, very easy. My kids' books uh, basically were notes from the universe that I cobbled together <clears throat> to make a point. And I changed some of the words, some I didn't. Um, and then the, my, the other kid's book was one really long note from the universe that was like, oh, that's just perfect for a kid. But again, I used some big words that I regret using. Another bit of advice for kids, uh, depending on the age range, but regardless, uh, don't underestimate their intelligence, okay? The, they are pretty darn smart and they can figure out a few things and connect a few dots. Uh, speak to them respectfully. They're miniature adults, okay? Um, the kids' book market, like the poetry market, you know, if you were only cared about making a buck, and I hope that's not the case, then these statistically are terrible markets to get into. But if you're writing because you want to create and there's a joy there, you may be one of the poets or one of the kid authors who sells a gazillion books more than Mike Dooley will ever sell or has ever sold so far. So follow your heart and do it your way. Speak to the market you want to speak to. Uh, I think I mentioned the other day, Rupi Carr, the uh, young poet from New York City, she wrote her first book uh, at 21 and it has sold millions and millions and millions and it's poetry. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it can be done and of course, you know, uh, Dr. Seuss and, and many other legendary kids' books um, uh, need to be complemented with your kids' book. So there's room there. This, you can make a million bucks down any path, and you're more likely to make it going down a path that resonates with your heart, doing what you want to do, expressing, exploring, discovering. All right, here's the fourth question that ties into my writing technique that I wanted to share with you. Mike, how to write your story without knowing the ending. Um, well, I kind of spoke to the first question about I never know where my story is going to go. The content comes to me when I start writing a note from the universe. But I do have a trick, and this is what I wanted to wrap up today's tune-up sharing. Uh, and that trick is very, very simple. Thoughts become things in all manifestations, including your written words. And so prior to a writing session, no matter what I'm about to write, usually a note from the universe, I will visualize for usually one or two minutes to a timer so I don't overdo it or underdo it. And during those one or two minutes, I visualize what I'm after. Do you know what that is? I'm after the same thing you're after. That woo feeling that I know 
arises when I have written well. And if you've never written before, well, let me tell you, when you write something really well and you're proud of it, you're just like, yes, I got it. I love this job. So for one or two minutes, I just visualize feeling that emotion. You know, a happy dance, pump my fist. I love it. I love it. I get to write these notes with the feeling that I just wrote the best one of my life. Can't wait to send this one out and to see the feedback. Just two minutes of that. That's the end result. That end result cannot be made manifest unless I write the best note I've ever written. By working backwards from the end result, we ordain and infuse ourselves with the ideas, the logistics, um, the epiphanies, whatever is necessary to write well that will elicit that authentic manifestation of yes. So it's a two minute exercise followed up with writing, even though I don't know what I'm going to write about. I do not visualize today I will write about gratitude. It would be so bad. I do not visualize I'm going to write a book today about uh, whatever. Uh, I, I turn that to, over to the universe. It's the end result that I'm after. And the universe is like, I know how to get you there. And I know it's going to make people's hearts sing. So just put pen to paper, start typing on your keyboard, Mike Dooley. And then I'm creating the space to receive the circumstances and content, inspiration, twist of plots, happy endings, shock endings that will yield the authentic woohoo. So not only do I get content, but this is where I get a, a, a clever twist, uh, an unexpected turn of plot, um, just sheer raw creativity. The end result draws it out of the ether when I envision it and I start writing to create that space. So just start writing. That's how the ideas bubble forward. That's how you come up with the kick-ass end result that's going to leave your readers speechless. Start writing. Imagine the end result. Cut, copy, curse, paste, write, cut, copy. You are on your way. Jumbo fellow adventurers, happy Friday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. This week we're talking about the craft of writing for fun or for free. And today's topic is the catch-all writing and whatnot. You've posted a lot of great questions down below. Thanks for the hearts and the waves and the stars and the engagement. Thanks above all for sharing these videos. So I'm going to dive into all of your great questions. If you have more questions about anything under the sun, or you want to request a new theme for next week, relationships, the paranormal, um, goal attainment, manifestation, creative visualization, let me know down below on either Facebook or Instagram. I read them. Uh, I read these posts within 24 hours of them going live, and then I don't go back. So don't go to old ones. All right. So today's first question, Mike, I've been writing for free for over three years. At some point, it may be that I am not allowing the universe to use me in a bigger way. Could you briefly speak to the mindset of allowing? 
Well, there's a topic there allowing, and, and it deserves a whole book. But at the same time, topics like allowing, uh, self-sabotage, receiving, they make it complicated. It's like, oh my God, where am I not paying attention? What have I done to um, prevent myself from opening the floodgates? And it, it, to me, it's like, let me give you a whole nother take on answering your question on how to allow. Go get it. Okay, we tend to be a little too passive when we believe in life's magic and the universe. I know what you're talking about, writing for free. For 20 years, to this day, I write notes from the universe for free. But something I did early on, driven by fear of losing my home or worse, was I asked myself continuously, how can I monetize this? What else can I do? What can I try? Where can I go? And it has never stopped. That voice asking me those questions has never, ever stopped. And thank goodness, hallelujah. So I would say instead of looking for how or way, why you may not be allowing, which is such a complicated question. Maybe it's childhood, maybe it's karma, or where are you self-sabotaging? Oh my God, if you go looking, you'll find places. Instead, you're the eyes and the ears of God. You're here to rock and roll. Your dreams are yours for a reason, to make them come true. You're pushed on to greatness every day. Your positive thoughts are more powerful than your negative thoughts. So just keep showing up. Continue to write for free if that feels good. You're creating content. Perhaps you're creating a platform. But maybe you can speak. Maybe you can have a podcast. Maybe you can have an e-zine. Maybe you can self-publish. Maybe you can find an agent. Maybe you can, you know, the, the list of things is endless. I mean, look at, look at what we do at Tut.com. There's video courses, there's webinars, there's world tours, there's travel adventures. Um, you know, and there's a train the trainer program and there's like a dozen more things I'm not even thinking of plus products. So, so I would just say, Go, go, be proactive. Don't wait for the universe, make it happen. Next great question. Why do I put writing last when I know it's my passion? Because it's such a big deal to you. It's such a forever eternal thing for you. Maybe like being an entrepreneur, maybe one day. Maybe like the love of your life. Maybe like so many other things. It's so big. It's so colossal. It's such your passion. You know it's never going to go away. And so you can put out this fire. You can put out that fire. And you're right. You have nothing to lose, nothing to risk because you know your passion and that day will come. But you're making it into such a Mount Everest that it's also scaring the spit out of you. Uh, so Here's a famous quote that I just recorded for my new 21 day change one thing adventure. Check out the link below. You got to join me January 5th. It's like 19 freaking dollars for a 21 day, four hour workshop videos. Um, anyway, this is something I shared uh, in leveraging the universe as well. Very famous quote, and I'm going to dissect it for you. Fortune favors the bold.
fortune favors the bold. Doesn't that? Anybody up for fortune? Anyone, anybody want to be favored? Anybody know that inside of them there is boldness and genius? Hell to the yes. But here's where we freak out. We get so intimidated by the idea of being bold. And we think of legends like Oprah Winfrey or you name it, you, whoever is your idol, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and, and we think of their amazing life. I mean, they crossed the finish line decades ago, if you will. And, and we imagine and compare ourselves today to them at the top of the mountain. It is not bold to be at the top of the mountain. It is not bold to finish the race. It is not bold to win the race. It is bold to start the race. It is that first step. That is genius. That is bold. That's the step that no one else takes. Take that step. You know what your passion is. How do you do it? You realize just break the flipping ice and resources and legions will be summoned. Whatever your thing is, break the ice. So for you, the person who asked this question, before the sun sets today, unless you're in Australia right now and it already set or whatever the time is, I want you to write the first paragraph, the chapter, the outline. I want you to start. Just start. Okay? The mama duck starts and the baby ducks line up. Your ducks will line up. The resources you need to finish the journey will be summoned once you start. So start. Write a dang paragraph. Write the first sentence. Okay? And tomorrow, write the second one. Just start. Don't be afraid. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're loved and you will be assisted. Uh, Mike, how do we get endorsements? Let me tell you that this is not necessarily going to always work. But I can tell you, you know, unless you're talking about, you know, a Bruce Springsteen or a, just a mega, mega, mega famous person. Um, if you write a heartfelt one page, do not write 10 pages, please, letter or email, email to the person you would like to write a blurb or an endor endorsement. And you reference them and their work in an authentic way. You read this book, this passage had meaning. Thank you so much. Uh, I aspire to do what you're doing. I've written a manuscript. Uh, I'm wondering if I could send it to you. Uh, you know, tell them the truth. Be real. Don't be me, 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 me. I've written a book and it's going to blow your mind. They're going to read your letter. Somebody on the front lines is going to say, this is nice and I know you want to see it. Okay? Now, whether or not they say yes, I don't know. But you got a 50-50 shot. I say yes all the dang time. I say yes more than I should say yes. And that doesn't mean I'll say yes to you. And I'm going to probably get a bunch of uh, requests right now. Go to the darn website and click info at whatever.com and send a nice heartfelt email. 
Um, I do get more than I can reply to. I do get more than I can say yes to. So I'm not promising anybody I'm going to do that now. I really don't even want any more. I've got several on the back burner right now that I've got to look. But it seems to be this great mystery. How do you reach somebody? You write them a heartfelt letter and they're going to read it. I don't care who they are. They're going to get it. Now, they might not reply. They might be too busy. Hey, what approach should I take if I want to publish a book using a pseudonym? Um, just do it. Chances of this becoming an issue, like the, the, the world has consumed your book and they're all dying to know your true identity. Um, if that even happens, great. Let it be this fun mystery and you can decide then whether or not to unveil yourself. But, but chances of that happening uh, are so minuscule. And that's not to say you're not going to write a book that changes lives and makes a million dollars and be on a bestseller list. But that anybody would really be like, who's the author? It's just not going to not going to happen. And if it does, that's a great problem to have. So, you know, either be honest and use your name or use a pseudonym uh, for whatever reason, maybe to hide your identity because you're talking about real characters. People do that all the time. I don't think you need a strategy. Just do it. Just do it. It's no big deal. For me, Mike, writing can be all-consuming once I get going. Can you talk about the fear of missing out while writing and how to find life balance? Okay, there's a note from the universe that said, you know, when the fear of things staying the same finally in becomes greater than the fear of the risk you're about to take. So in your terms, when the fear of not finally getting your book done is greater than the fear of missing out, stuff happens. So maybe you're not there yet. There's a lot of good stuff happening out there. Go and enjoy it. You know, you don't have to write a book ever. But when that feeling comes up and it's gurgling and gurgling and you'd rather write and miss something than, than go do stuff and not write, then you'll be ready. As any thoughts on background noise or music to listen to that might free up thoughts? For me, and this is different for others, complete silence, absolute silence. Sometimes I light a candle and sometimes I uh, have a crystal. I always have crystals on my desk. Um, sometimes I hold on to them. Sometimes I talk to them. Um, silence is the best though, as far as audio. Uh, Mike, Suggestions for a writing routine. Um, you know, I try to write a little bit every day, one way or another. Uh, the only routine I have is when, when there's a deadline and, you know, Simon and Schuster or Hay House, they, I've got a book and the first draft is due in four months or seven months. So, you know, I map it all out. I figure I'm going to write, you know, 50,000 words, maybe 12 chapters. Uh, how many do I need? How many weeks do I need per chapter to make the deadline of the first draft? I do all that mechanical stuff that really helps me. I, I know that I have, you know, 12 days per chapter to do the first draft because that's going to pace me a lot. And then I only do this for really like big deadlines, usually a book. Um, I will announce to family and friends and coworkers that from, you know, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. do not disturb. Do not. And I discipline myself to not go 
you know, searching the internet for news stories, um, be distracted by other things. And, and I am at my chair at 8 a.m. And I sit there, uh, with a few exceptions, until 12 or 1 o'clock. Um, that's extraordinary, uh, but it usually works. Uh, and last question, can you speak about the muse, the muse? You know, the muse, they say artists have a muse, the reason and uh, purpose of their writing, maybe their crush uh, is how it's usually interpreted. Um, I've never really had a muse that way, other than the love of what I want to share and the process and act of sharing it, knowing that people are going to light up the way I lit up when I got it. So for me, if you will, my muse is the content that I share and my excitement over the nature of reality, who we really are, the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up along with one million other subscribers for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.